Stonecutters Podcast. Aaron Hankins. <laughs> Will Catlett. What's up? What you been up to, Will? Man, I got a new background on your ass tonight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you listening on the podcast, right. uh, Will has set up a uh, background um, and that's going to, I guess that'll, that'll lead into the first, before we even get into the recap, what you've been up to, Will, do you want to, you want to share the good news with our listeners? The good news is I got me a little mic. <laughs> Besides that. What, what, what's the other good news? We're on YouTube. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We're on YouTube. We're on YouTube. See, we need a little thing. Click that subscribe button on Click, YouTube. Like it, smash that like button. Subscribe. subscribe. Uh, start, starting with uh, episode uh, twenty-two, which is yeah. our our last episode. Uh, we posted that to YouTube last night, mm -hmm. um, so you can catch a video of, of me and Will talking. If you wanted to, I don't know, look at our facial expressions while we're giving out this this sage advice on the Stonecutters right. podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can find us on YouTube under Stonecutters Podcast. Um, yeah, we got a page. Uh, we'll be uploading more video content to our page as, as we build it out. Uh, we do have a lot of old IG lives that we'll be putting up there. So, uh, yeah. So, Will, besides, besides the, the big update, what's new with you since the last time we spoke? Last time we spoke, uh, what's new with me? Okay. So recap, um, I've been going on some auditions. You know, it's pilot season. Uh, I haven't got any, uh, <laughs> any pilot or anything as of yet. <laughs> what, when, when is pilot season? Like, what is it? Pilot season is usually from like, well, right now, it usually will be from the beginning of February to the end of March. But since there's so many different uh, streaming channels, uh, pilot season usually lasts all year. You know, so back in the day, we kind of would make or break an actor who didn't get anything through pilot season. Now, here's the thing about pilot season. The majority of pilots that are shot, they never, get, they never go to series. You know what I mean? So it's a good way for actors to get on something that can potentially go to series it's a good way to get your quote up for what it say you, you did a series and your quote was 10,000 and now you tested for a pilot and your quote is 30,000. Then you tested for another pilot and your quote was 40,000. Then you went and tested for another pilot and they try to pay you 20,000, but you already had a test for 40,000. So if they want you, they got to match your test quote. So, I think you're getting like really deep into it. So like, what is, mm -hmm. what's the quoting process? Like what it, you, you said, quoting, how do you get quoted for something? Well, it just depends on, uh, I guess it's like an athlete. You know what I mean? So, you know, you got your rookie contract and then you build value. Your name is, it has a lot of value in the world and you can negotiate for what your contract will be. But most, most people would start off, if you haven't done anything, you'll probably start off around 20 rags. And this is to shoot one episode for a pilot or three episodes? How, how many episodes is a, a pilot's one episode? Pilot is one episode. So that's the episode for the network to go, okay, we like it and make these adjustments. Let's go to series. And so for you as an actor, mm -hmm. you can get 
one pilot and you've, you've got a little cred, so you're not going to be making 20,000, but you're not going to be making like wild amounts of money, but. Oh no, I'm making wild amounts of money. <laughs> okay. You know, I'm the biggest movie star in the world. I'm making wild amounts. <laughs> okay. So you're making wild amounts of money, to, yeah. but you, you, you audition to the yeah. to audition for the pilot. And when it gets picked up, you get, do you get the same rate that you made on the pilot or do you get to negotiate for a different rate for the episodes? It just depends. Most of the time, whatever you negotiate for the pilot will be over the course of the season. You know, so the, the, you, the best way to do it is to go in and negotiate a really good rate because you're going to have, be doing 10 episodes, 13 episodes, 22 episodes. It's a lot of work. So you want to make sure that you, depending on what you want to call sheet too, you want to make sure you get the best bank for your buck. Okay. Yeah. So that's like, uh, one day I'm going to teach a class because I've learned so much in the past three years of just, you know, starting out. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So other than that, uh, auditioning, any, any dad updates? Dad updates, uh, the baby's almost walking. Like okay. she's pushing this little thing around and she's standing and she's kind of standing by herself. And then she kind of realized she's standing by herself and she falls to the ground, you know? So that's, that's been really cool. Awesome. That's mm-hmm. really cool. Boom. Tennis match. Bam. What's your update? What's going on? Last time we talked or not uh, last time we talked last time I saw a picture of you, <laughs> you had a ponytail and some glasses on and you had a dope little suit situation or you was flat. It's the last time I saw you. Uh, so this past weekend uh, at Nike, we have uh, Black History Month events, and we have a Black Employee Network, and the culmination of Black History Month is a sneaker ball. And mm-hmm. uh, the sneaker ball is a celebration of Nike, uh, sneaker culture, um, living in Portland. Um, yeah, and you get dressed up kind of fancy like you wear a suit but the the whole point of it is that you're wearing sneakers so it's like a sneaker mm-hmm. ball um i found out this year that actually people from like other nike locations from like chicago and la and new york like they'll fly to portland just for the sneaker ball because mm-hmm. it's like it's a work event but it's also like a place where people like bring out these like exclusive sneakers and they'll wear mm-hmm. them with like a tuxedo or a suit or something like that um and we actually get pretty good people to come and uh, perform. So this year they had T-Pain and he played all the hits. Um, and I'm trying T-Pain to played all the hits. He played all the hits. Oh, but, that's dope. That's dope. Um, I'm trying to think who they had previous years, but yeah, uh, it was a lot of people. I want to say like maybe close to a thousand, maybe 1200 people. Um, so yeah, I got, I got dressed up, um, put, put the overshoes in the closet for the night, um, wore some, uh, Black Air Force Ones with white check, just like simple, classic kind of shoe. Uh, put the hair in a ponytail, like left the, put the leave-in conditioner in there, let the curls really shine. Got to wear some sunglasses. You know, I love wearing sunglasses. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just, it was a great time, man. I was really proud and just really inspired to see all these amazing people of color that I work with. And then on top of that, all of mm-hmm. the all of the peripheral or the network, uh, everybody who isn't a person of color who comes out and supports it and because they, they either like love sneakers or they like having the, they love going to the sneaker ball. Like um, there's just like, it's, um, it's, it's really hard to describe. It's, I wouldn't say it's family. It's more of like a community. 
Mm-hmm. You know, the people that you work with, they can become your family, but this is just sort of like a celebration for the community. And it was, it was awesome, man. Yeah. That's dope. That's dope. So, Round of applause, y'all, for Aaron. We gonna get the sound. The sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what's on your heart, man? Like, what do you want to speak about tonight? Um, you know, uh, we got a lot of feedback off the SWOT analysis episode. Uh, we begin a lot of questions coming, and then uh, where can people email their questions to? Where at? Uh, for the Stonecutters podcast, uh, you can email questions to Stonecutters podcast at gmail.com. Um, actually on the iTunes uh, podcast, our iTunes podcast page on the, in the note section of all of our podcasts, we actually have a link to the website, link to send us an email so that you can send questions, comments, feedback there. Um, you can leave us feedback on our YouTube channel. Our comments are enabled on there. Um, <laughs> you can also send us uh, comments through Stitcher as well. Um, Because it basically pulls the same information from our website. You can go to our website, stonecutterspodcast.com. There's actually a link on our website where you can also leave us feedback or questions or, uh, yeah, just let us know that that you support the show. So thanks for that plug, Will. Bam. You know I had to plug it. So, yeah. So what's on on your heart, man? Like, what are you feeling like uh, this need to be spoke about tonight? Well, I think right before the podcast, we talked about how to keep your mind able to achieve at a high level. Mm-hmm. So um, just maybe give everybody a refresh. Like what were you, what were you thinking when you, when you were, when you asked me that question? Well, I was thinking about um, a couple of different things. You know, I was thinking about, you know, the plight of an actor, the plight of an artist, the plight of an athlete, you know, what it's like to, play at a high level what it's like to perform at a high level you know um, I was talking to my my dad and my sis earlier and we were just discussing how when you have a one negative thought it takes like five to ten positive thoughts just to get you out of that space so I'm like well it has to be some type of system that can be in place when you go through these ebbs and flows of life that can keep you moving forward because I think about you know Say Serena, for instance, you know, you got people saying, hey, you fighting against the father of time. You know, you got her inner will and her drive to be great and to break the record. And she knows she she knows she will, you know, and she has to fight against all the noise that is all around her and even in herself to continue to compete, especially when you get to these majors and you make it to the finals. And then you end up losing or you write you, you're this close and you end up losing. I guess it's like the part of getting back up, constantly getting back up over and over and over again. I'm really the alchemist again too. You know what I'm saying? You know, and uh, you know, to realize your personal legend, you know what I mean? All the things that come at you. So that's where I was at when I was thinking about it. Okay. So from the little bit that we had talked about, it made me think of a couple different things. Um, the first thing I'll talk about is something called the compounding of completions, mm-hmm. right? So you listen to the Stonecutters podcast. We talked about it in the first episode. We've talked about it in probably five or six different episodes. Everyone should have a notebook and they should have a pencil. And the 
thoughts become things. You want to be able to write things down. But for the, for the case of what we're talking about right now is that we write out to-do lists. We write out things that we need to get done. We write down things that we've completed. So mm-hmm. as, if you can write down when you've done something to move yourself closer towards the goal, you know, mm-hmm. day by day, and you write them all down and you say, hey, I want to get better at this, or I want to learn a little bit about this, or I want to update my resume, or I want to apply to one job today, or I want to reach out to one person on LinkedIn, and you write it down and then you actually complete it it, it, it gives your mind that, um, I don't want to call it an endorphin boost, but it's, it's some sort of a, of a boost to your brain. And it, and it, it gives you this, uh, this, um, this jump, this kickstart, right? But Mm -hmm. it's the compounding approach. So you talked about, uh, Serena, right? Mm -hmm. When she wins my girl, I love my, my girl right there. Okay, go ahead. I had to get that in. You know how much I love Serena. What is what is it? What is a high level championship athlete? What do they get when they when they when they win first place? What do they get? They get a trophy. They get a trophy, right? Mm-hmm. So that trophy and some money. They get some money and, too. and some money. But the trophy and they get and they get the recognition. You know what I mean? The, they get the recognition. But the the thing that we're looking at right now is the trophy, right? Right. So the mm-hmm. trophy is a receipt. The trophy is a receipt to show that they completed that goal. So just like you write things down in a notebook and you say that you were able to accomplish something for somebody like Serena, it's bringing home a trophy. That's, Mm -hmm. that's to them is like, if I don't win the trophy, I can't, I can't cross that, that item off of my list. Right. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. each and every one of us, whatever, whatever level that we're working at, like if we can cross things off of our list and say that they've been completed and that we've, we've done them to the best of our ability. Right. It builds up these positive emotions because what ends up happening is that you don't always accomplish things and a negative emotion creeps in going back to Serena, right? She mm-hmm. loses a match. So how does she build herself back up? She walks down the hallway where she has the trophies. She gets to look back to see the compounding of the completions, the things that she's been able to accomplish. And it, mm-hmm. and it reminds her. So you were like, okay, if you have one negative emotion, you need five or six positives to overcome it. Whether it's, three or four, five or six, or 10 or 12, if you have the receipts and you keep the receipts, you can always look back at those things to remind you of the path and the journey that you've been on. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, you, can, you can just think about it like an athlete coming back from injury. It's the same sort of thing. Or even Serena coming back. She gets to go down the hallway and look at, what is it, 20, 22 majors that she's won? Mm-hmm. And look at all those different ones, and then that gives her power and energy to want to go get. I the think next she got twenty three. She need what like, twenty four, right? I, we somebody will fact check us if if, yeah. you know, if you know the correct answer. Email us at Stonecutters Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> gmail, I should know that. I should know gmail. that. Gmail.com. We'll, we'll we'll figure it out. Yeah. But the, but the but the point being is that like what we can do in our day to day lives is to continue to keep track of the the positive things that we accomplish and mm-hmm. to write them down and to say that this was completed. And whenever a moment comes up where we're not feeling at our best, you go back to your notebook and you look at the things that you've been able to accomplish over the past week, month, year, right. whatever it is, because you're holding on to the receipts. So mm. this is all about making sure that we keep our receipts and you can keep your receipts in many different ways. Will, for you, um, it could just be going on YouTube 
and typing your name into YouTube and looking at all the different things that you've been a part of to give mm -hmm. you energy and to give you life to go to something else. It could be going to IMDb, right? Mm -hmm. But for the person that isn't an actor that's at your level, it's creating a website where you're able to show your work. If you're an artist, like our good friend Antoine, like mm -hmm. go, going to his Instagram and looking at his first post and looking at where he is now and all the different, right. all the, all the different places that he's gone. It's, it's like, it's all it really takes is making sure that we hold on to our receipts and we, and we keep them with us. That's because, good. Eric. Yeah. We, we go and need them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Go deeper, go deeper. There's more in there. There's more in the tank. Keep going. <laughs> um, that was that was like uh, we talked about websites, whatever it is. Like I, I always tell people this when I meet them is like to make sure that you document the process, document exactly where you are right now and the growth and everything that you do from every point forward, right? Because mm -hmm. there are going to be the ups and there's going to be the downs, but it's I guess the analogy would be Everest, right? Mm -hmm. When you're climbing Mount Everest, right? You started mm -hmm. base. You started base camp, and then you go to base camp one, base camp two, base camp three, base camp four, and then you get to the summit, right? Mm -hmm. But along the path of Everest, you actually go up, and then at some point you have to go back down, and then you go back up, and then you have to go back down. But as you continue to ascend, you know you can turn back around and you can see how far you've gone when you don't feel like you can take another step and you can look all the way back down the mountain and you can see base camp and you mm -hmm. can see all the different camps that you've gone up and you can see your footprints from all the, from all the steps back down there. But just imagine if you couldn't turn around, mm -hmm. if there wasn't any steps behind you, how would you continue to press forward? If you, if you weren't able to take a step back and look to see where you've come from, Mm -hmm. and, to, and to look at all the results that, that you've been able to accomplish for yourself. How could you do that? Right. I mean, you really can't do that, you know? <laughs> you got you to gotta have, have some receipts. <laughs> Hold on to them. Yeah, you know. But this is the, I mean, let, like, let's just look at receipts for a second. Why do you hold mm -hmm. on to a receipt? Well, you hold on to a receipt to remind you of where you've been. You hold on to a receipt because the receipt is a record of something that has value. Right. Right. So mm -hmm. um, you buy a jacket. It's a really nice jacket. You hold on to the receipt, right? Um, you win an award. You hold on to the award. It becomes the receipt to show all the hard work that you've put into it. So when we look at ourselves, we have to look at everything that we do every day is creating a receipt right? Because there's mm -hmm. value in it. But if you mm -hmm. create things and you don't think that it's valuable, you're not going to hold on to the receipt. So right. now, now we're speaking in metaphors, but it's kind of like everything that any, any one of us does, the person who listens to the podcast, the person, that's trying, the person that is trying to achieve their goals, they have to know that every step that they take towards their goal is value added, that there's something in it, that they've, they've added value to something by taking it a step forward, which means that they need to capture it and hold on to it and say like, this is my receipt, right? right. Every, every step that they take up the mountain, mm -hmm. you know, they, they can take a step behind them and they can look and see where they've come from and how, how they've ascended. Just that little bit, they can take it and, and they need to hold on to it. Got you. Got you. Because not only is it a, a nice reminder, but, you know, that's just like um, when you talked about the compound effect, 
when you look at it from that aspect, then you don't have, you don't give room to stay in that negative space because you checked in your, you, you, you checking your traveling, you looking back and say, okay, I, I've done this before. I've, I've overcome this. You know, when this happened, I overcame that, you know, so as I'm moving forward, I don't have time to sit in the land of darkness. <laughs> That's what I like to call it. Because I got the receipts, I got the checkpoints, I got the things that I've been through. I've seen how far I've come. Oh, this is just boom, 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 boom. And getting to the next place. Yeah, so back to the Everest analogy, I thought of uh, right after you leave base camp from Everest, uh, one of the first things you go through is called the Kumbu Icefall. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's basically uh, these, these big uh, blocks of ice that are, that are moving. And mm-hmm. they, they, they move during the day because the sunlight comes down and these, and these, the, these ice formations, they, they move and it's extremely dangerous because underneath the ice, it's like two or 3,000 foot drop into, into nothing, right? So when you're going up Everest, you have to get acclimated to the climate because you're, you're up there at a high level. So when you go from base camp to one, to two, to three, to four, you actually go from base camp to one, then you go from one to two, then you mm-hmm. go from two to three, then you go back from, you go from three back to base camp, then you go from base camp back to two, and then you go base camp, and you keep returning to base camp every time, and mm-hmm. every time you do, you go through the Kumbu Icefall, and that is one of the most dangerous parts of the mountain, but it's all the way at the bottom. So to, to wrap this whole thing up, you're all the way up at the top, and you look down, and you're like, look at the Kumbu Icefall, and how many times I had to cross back and forth over that dangerous part down there, and now look at where I'm at right now. Mm. This. Mm-hmm. Now, because the oxygen, the, the amount of oxygen up there, it's not going to be any easier. But to be able to look back down to see some of your earliest mistakes and some of the things that you were just like, okay, like I was, uh, I was bashful in, in, in front of the camera or I didn't know how to present myself in meetings or I didn't know how to do this. It, you look back at those early things that you were able to accomplish and think back to the feelings that you had of Mm -hmm. inadequacy and doubt and how Mm -hmm. you overcame that. And it's like, oh, well, this, this right now is nothing compared to these, these earlier things when I didn't even have any of the compounding, when I didn't, when I didn't even really have any knowledge in it. Now I have more knowledge in it and I'm growing Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm becoming better from it. Yeah. I like that. I like that. That's going to encourage somebody because it encourages me too. You know, that's good. That's good stuff right there. The compound effect and checking the receipts. All right. So, Will, uh, we got a we got a question. Mm -hmm. Uh, Someone someone submitted a question, uh, not tonight during the podcast. Right. Ahead of time. Um, And I wanted to I wanted to we'll just call her B. Mm -hmm. B sent us B sent us a question. And shout out to B. Let's see. I speak affirmations. This is her question. I speak affirmations. I've written the vision, meditate often, and all that I know to do. What advice do you have on releasing your requests to God? I find myself praying, knowing that all things happen in the right time, but what are some good ways to forego anxiousness in the process? I'm constantly receiving signs that I'm on the right path, but I have yet 
considering my human thoughts to see the physical manifestation of the promise in my spirit. So does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I think I sent her back a long situation. Okay. Mm-hmm. So basically the, the main question that I was kind of focused on is like, what are some good ways to forgo anxiousness in the process? Mm-hmm. When you basically, when you don't see a physical manifestation, you know that you're on the right path, mm-hmm. but you're not seeing anything. The, the, the things that, that, are, that your eyes can see, that your eyes can perceive are not showing you that things are actually, that the, that the universe is moving you know, to sort of help you. So how do you, how do you overcome anxiousness? Well, well, I think what I sent B back was uh, Philippians chapter four, I believe. Uh, and it talked about being rejoiceful and being anxious for nothing, but everything with prayer and supplication, making your requests known unto the Lord. Because once you make your request known, then you got to give it to God so that he can do what he, he does with it. And let me break that down and make it even more simpler. When a seed goes into the ground, your job is to put the seed in the ground. You don't stand over the ground saying, hey, you going to give me a, a peach? Hey, when you going to grow up? Hey, when you going to show? Oh, man, I don't know, man. I don't know. If this seed, man, what is it doing down there? You got to let the ground do its work. And also, you walk by faith and not by sight, meaning that the faith and the conviction inside of you already produce the thing in the physical you just have to bump into it just because you don't see it you know on day 30 but day 31 it it, it, it might show up you know what i mean so you just got to stay the course so but when you i look at it as when you become anxious over things it's almost like you're not putting that positive vibes towards the thing that you're waiting on Make sense yeah i think that um wanting it to happen and really wanting something to happen versus allowing something to happen is different yeah Mm -hmm. so wanting it and and really really wanting it and having a want for it i wanted to work at nike i wanted Mm -hmm. i wanted it more than anything but it took me a while to allow it to happen because you, you kept you keep interviewing and they tell you that you don't have this or you're missing this or you meet with people or people cancel when they're supposed to meet with you. So it's kind of like, okay, well, it's what I would say to this, how mm-hmm. do you overcome anxiousness is actually by anxiousness. The, the, my definition for it is worrying about things in the future that you can't control. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's different than future talk. Future talk is envisioning things that you want to happen. So mm-hmm. you can worry about things that you don't have any control over, right? Like right. How, how it happens, mm-hmm. how you actually end up where you're supposed to, you can't necessarily control that, but you can envision what it's gonna look like. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're gonna win an award. Amen, I receive and I know it. <laughs> you're gonna win many awards, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But for what roles? doing what things we it's it's yeah it's it's gonna it's gonna happen right Mm -hmm. but we can still take the time to really envision what the future looks like 
you on stage, you holding it, you pointing at me in the front row, mm-hmm. me like, you know, just like there, like we can envision that. We can envision how that feels, the happiness that that, that, that brings us. And we think about it now, it makes us feel mm-hmm. good now. Yeah. But, but you know, what we're not doing is we're not worried about like, well, is this, is this movie that's getting ready to come out right now? Is that going to be the one for Will? Or is it going to be the next one? Or maybe it's going to be this one. It's like, it's, it's almost having a little bit of the faith that you talked about. Like it's going to happen because we've envisioned it and we've put the love and the energy out there for it to happen. Like, right. like we're going to, I'm going to interview. I told you this last week over text. I'm going to interview you when you have a Nike shoe. Amen. And we're going to be sitting there and we're going to be laughing and we're going to be mm-hmm. sitting in a, it's going to be during black history month. I'm going to mm-hmm. be sitting up there with all all the great, wonderful people of color that I work with, and you're going to be sitting up there, and we're going to spend like the first three minutes just laughing. Yeah. And, you know what's and, crazy about that is that I thought about I thought about that today, and, and it was kind of like doing a commercial, and I was spinning the shoe on one of my fingers like a basketball, and we and we was just laughing and laughing and laughing, and the shoe was ill too. It was super dope. <laughs> Go ahead, continue, continue. So, so what I would tell B is, is to anxiousness is worrying about how it's going to happen. But what I would, what I would say is to try to put yourself past that Mm -hmm. and, and, and think about the the positive and the warm feelings that you're going to get from it and where, where you want to end up and what that, what that looks like. Right. You know, like I, I couldn't do as, as a, as a real world example, like, I didn't spend any time I would interview, but I didn't really think like, oh, okay, well, this is the one, this has to be the one, this has to be the one. I just said, mm-hmm. well, this is a part of the journey. And if this leads me to the, to my dream role, then it does. But if they tell me that it wasn't the right role for me, I need to be able to accept the fact and accept right. the fact that I get that rejection and then just build on it to make me stronger. It's like the kind of, to, to wrap it, to take it all the way back to the beginning of the episode with Serena, it's like when she loses a match, like the best way for her to overcome the, any negative thoughts that come from that is mm-hmm. to think that, hey, I lost this match because I wasn't the best version of myself and I didn't prepare as well as I could have. So it's going to make me a better, I have to prepare more for the next match or I met somebody and I didn't know how to overcome this, this shot that they had. So I need to get better so that I can beat them the next time, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. every time that that would happen to me during the process, it was like, oh, okay, well, I didn't get this role because of this. Okay, well, then that means that I just need to get better at this. And it didn't change the end goal, which is me smiling and being happy and, and being at Nike. Mm-hmm. But what it did was, is it just gave me a little bit of like, oh, okay, like this is supposed, this is a part of it. Right. So. Right. No, that's good. That's good. Cause it's, it's, it's uh, what was I gonna say? You, you control what you can control. You can dream and imagine what the future may hold, but control what you can control. Other than that, you just got to let go. You know, if you don't, you don't worry about how it's going to happen. You don't, that's not, that's not for you to worry about. That's just like, you don't need to worry about how, when you put that seed into the ground, how the ground is performing its work. The ground knows its job. It knows exactly what it needs to do to produce that fruit or whatever it is that you're trying to grow. 
But if you're standing over that ground and you're yelling at that ground and you're worried about it and you're asking when, 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 how, 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 you know, maybe it's not going to happen, then you're not allowing the ground to do its job. If you, if you approach it with the mindset that you're on the right track and you're doing things that are in support of what your ultimate goal is, then you, you can't lose. You can't but, lose. But when you, but it, it's, and the, the example for me is it's like, oh, I got to apply to another job or man, they're not going to call me back or why is this system so messed up? And they, they're all disconnected and there's so many different things and this and that. And it's like, instead of just being like, okay, I'm going to apply to one job every day. I'm going to reach out to one person every day. And it's, and all of those different things are all eventually going to click mm-hmm. and they're all going to come together. And I can't be like, okay, I meet with this person. This person talks to me for 15 minutes. They don't really give me anything or they're not really here to help me. Okay. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's a positive because number one, I don't have to keep reaching out to that person. Number two, I need to understand that not everybody is not always here to help you. There are other mm-hmm. people that aren't, and you can recognize it. So yeah. trying to just reframe it sometimes, that, that also will help it. So uh, B, I hope that what me and Will kind of put together here helps you. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd love to hear from you. So send us an email, B. Let us know how things are going. Uh, for anybody else who's listening to Stonecutters podcast, you can send us emails at stonecutterspodcast at gmail.com. You can listen to the podcast on stonecutterspodcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and on YouTube. You can also find us on YouTube, uh, search Stonecutters Podcast, and we will be the only one on there because we have a unique podcast name. Thank you very much, Will, (laughs) for coming up with the name. So, uh, Will, you want to you want to leave us with any closing thoughts? Yeah, I, I was thinking while you were talking, uh, uh, and I'm so glad that B asked that question because I noticed for me when things were happen for me in my life is when I was relaxed. You know, when you, I wasn't chasing it. You know, I did my work and I let it be. Or I went into the into the room, did my work, and I let it be what it was going to be. And every time that I've always been in that state of being relaxed and not being anxious and not saying how and not saying when is when things happen. Because the truth of the matter is this. You cannot miss what you're destined to do. This is why you was explaining that everybody's not for you or, in better terms, you go to one door and that door is locked you try another door. If that door is locked, you try another door. Eventually, the door will open for you because it has no choice but to open for you. You just have to believe and just find that door and do it at a state of being calm and relaxed because that's the best way for things to come, come, come to pass. Because I know in my line of work, you can smell when someone's hungry, when someone's thirsty for something, when someone doesn't have that confidence or that it, or that zest that they need. You know what I mean? Or whatever that fact is, you can feel that. And so when you come and relax and like, man, listen, you know, I serve a God that will never let me down. Uh, I know where my help comes from. And I know that these desires that are in my heart, they wouldn't be there if they wasn't supposed to come to pass. And just be at peace with it. 
And when you do that, that will let all the anxiousness go because you know you're on the right path. You're doing the compound method. You're checking your traveling. You're seeing the things that you want to happen in your mind first before they happen in the physical. But they will happen. They have no choice but to happen. And that's what I want to get in myself. That's what I want to get in my brother. That's what I want to get in our listeners. They have no choice but to happen. And I will never forget what Mara Kill told me. She said, she said, Will, people don't stick around long enough to meet their opportunity. People don't stick around long enough to meet their opportunity. You have to stick around long enough to meet your opportunity. You have to stick around long enough to meet your opportunity. And when she told me that, it always will stick with me because sometimes it's a waiting game. And that word wait is to remain in the dreams and the visions and the things that you've already seen you're, you, you, uh, you, you completing and doing. Bam! Stonecutters podcast, Aaron Hankins. Will Catley. We out.